Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 167 of the podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I am talking about all the big moves made during NBA free agency. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. First off, there are two Eastern Conference teams that have impressed me most by the moves they've made. First, the Miami Heat are bringing in Kyle Lowry. This guy has become a clutch NBA performer. I think this is a huge upgrade over Goran Dragic. He's more consistent. They tried to bring in Victor Oladipo. It didn't work. They're bringing in Kyle Lowry, who helped the Raptors win the championship two years ago. I really like this fit for the Miami Heat. They also bring in P.J. Tucker, who's coming off a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. They bring in toughness. They replace Andre Iguodala. P.J. Tucker is better than Iguodala at this point. They replace Dragic with Lowry. The Miami Heat are better than they were to end the season, and I think they were pretty good. They also lock up Jimmy Butler. I would not be surprised if this team makes a run at the Eastern Conference Finals next year. Now, the Miami Heat going out and making Making moves is not surprising. The Chicago Bulls doing it is the biggest surprise of the offseason. First, the Chicago Bulls landed Lonzo Ball, a pass-first point guard that everybody wanted. My Boston Celtics reportedly wanted him. I bet the Pelicans wanted to keep Lonzo Ball at the right price, but he ends up signing with the Chicago Bulls. They also bring in scorer DeMar DeRozan, who in my opinion, they vastly overpaid. He's not an $85 million player anymore, but that's the type of moves the Chicago Bulls need to make. They need to overpay to get the play. I like these additions to go along with Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. And Billy Donovan is a top-tier NBA coach. The Chicago Bulls are going to be an exciting team next year. They should be a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. Just look at that roster. They have some nice pieces now. A team in the Western Conference that has totally revamped their roster is the Los Angeles Lakers. First, they made that trade for Russell Westbrook getting rid of Montrez Harrell getting rid of Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They bring in the triple-double machine that is Russell Westbrook to go along with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That is an elite three players on the LA Lakers, but that is far from the only move that the Lakers have made. They signed Carmelo Anthony, who's had a nice two seasons with the Portland Trailblazers. Trevor Ariza, who's still an elite defensive player. Malik Monk, who is in a decent scorer when he was on the Hornets. You also have Kendrick Nunn who had a really good season for the Miami Heat last year and they bring back Dwight Howard. This will be Dwight Howard's third stint as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. I like this revamped LA Lakers roster. They're going to be better than they were last year but they still have the same issue. Their season is going to come down to the health of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook is still an elite player but he cannot win a championship on his own. We've seen that before. So LeBron and AD have to be at 100% full health going into the postseason for that team to win the championship. And if they are, that is definitely capable when you look at that roster. Carmelo can still have some elite moments. Dwight Howard can still have some moments. Malik Monk is a decent scorer. You also have Trevor Ariza who can bring it from time to time. And all the talk surrounding the Lakers is how they are the oldest team in the NBA. 
yes, right now they are not built for the next five years. They are built to win next year, but they are better built next year than they were last year. Russell Westbrook is a huge improvement over Dennis Schroeder. Malik Monk is like a young J.R. Smith. That's a nice pickup. Kendrick Nunn is a nice piece. This Lakers is a team that is ready to compete for a championship next year. Carmelo still has some left in the tank to contribute to an NBA championship winning team. I like what the Lakers have done. They're not built from three years down the line. They are built to win the title next year and that is how they need to be built because they don't have many elite seasons of LeBron James left. They need to take advantage of him still being a top five player in the NBA. And you talk about the Wizards moving Russell Westbrook. They now have a revamped roster. They signed Spencer Dinwiddie who's a nice point guard on the Nets. He's a 20 point per game scorer. They bring in Montrez Harrell who was sixth man of the year two years ago. They bring in Kyle Kuzma who is a young player who has not yet lived up to his potential. Is this enough to keep Bradley Beal happy and stay as a member of the Washington Wizards? I have no idea. They are definitely deeper than they were last year. I think they are a better team but they're still the type of team that's going to lose in the first round of the NBA postseason. Bradley Beal is still destined in my mind to end up on another team. Hopefully my Boston Celtics. Those are the moves I really like so far during NBA free agency but with every NBA free agency there are some questionable signings made throughout the league. So here are those questionable signings. First off is Andre Drummond signing with the Philadelphia 76ers. This guy is a walking double-double when he starts. Why is he taking minimum deals to sign with the Lakers and now the Sixers? Is he really at that point in his career where he is just chasing a championship and he wants to be part of a contender? Or is the league saying he's overrated? I have no idea how to read the Andre Drummond situation. Is he a washed-up big man or is he a guy who's just trying to win a championship? I don't understand the move why a guy who at some point could have gotten a max contract is now signing minimum deals to be Joel Embiid's backup center. It does not make any sense and I don't really even understand why the Philadelphia 76ers would want this guy on their roster. He didn't really help the LA Lakers. He's a starting center. There's no reason for him to come off your bench unless he's averaging a double-double. I don't think there's any point in having Andre Drummond on your roster unless he is your starting center. I am wondering if the rest of the league thinks this guy is washed up. Then you have Evan Fournier getting $80 million from the New York Knicks, who also bring in Kemba Walker. So they take two Celtics who last year kind of underachieved with that team, and now they put them on the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks were one of the best stories in the NBA last year. They are still going to be good. They re-signed Julius Randle to a max extension. They also brought back Derrick Rose, who had a magnificent season with the New York Knicks. But I think the New York Knicks are now putting a ceiling on their expectations. They are not going to win a championship with this roster. They are now signed long-term to guys like Evan Fournier. That's not winning a championship for you. They're going to be a nice team, but their ceiling to me is going into the second round of the postseason and being eliminated. I think the only hope for that team making the Eastern Conference Finals is in the next few years if R.J. Barrett becomes a superstar. That's what that team needs. That team needs R.J. Barrett to be a walking 25-point machine night in and night out. 
and I don't see that happening in the near future. At some point, he might become a star, but for next season, I don't see it happening, and to rely on Kemba Walker is something you do not want to do. Take it from me, a Boston Celtics fan. There is something seriously messed up with that knee. He is not the Kemba Walker who is in Charlotte. He is not going to consistently bring it night in and night out. He was really good against the bad teams, but then when he came up against good defenders, he could not put up those numbers anymore. What the Knicks really needed is a guy who can put up buckets when Julius Randle is struggling. We saw it in the postseason last year when Julius Randle struggled. The New York Knicks had very little hope of winning a basketball game, and I'm not sure Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier are going to fit those holes moving forward, so I don't love those signings. Let's talk about some players who got some massive contract extensions from their team. First off, Chris Paul, a 38-year-old point guard, got a four-year, $120 million deal from the Phoenix Suns. I'm kind of surprised Chris Paul got this big of a contract. I thought the whole idea of him opting out was to take less money and help the team bring in some veterans to help them win the NBA Finals. He took a lot of money here. I thought he was going to be in like the 60 to $80 million range, a three-year deal to end his career. I mean, to swoop in and take four years in 120, I'm kind of surprised. I thought Chris Paul had enough money throughout his career to win a championship, and I'm usually not somebody who questions somebody taking advantage of all the money they can get. I just thought the whole point was Chris Paul opted out of his deal to take way less money so the Phoenix Suns could go out there and make an impact move this offseason. With this contract, the Phoenix Suns now have at the very minimum two more elite seasons of Chris Paul. They need to take advantage of this window, and I thought that Chris Paul was going to take way less. I thought he was going to take like a three-year 60. I had no idea he was after this kind of money to remain a member of the Phoenix Suns. Two of the best young point guards in the league also signed max extensions with their teams. Shea Gillisley-Alexander with the Thunder and Trey Young with the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young brought the team to the Eastern Conference Finals and Team USA did not want him. That's ridiculous. I'm happy for Trey Young. Get his money. He did all he could to get the Atlanta Hawks to the NBA Finals. And moving forward, that's a team to look out for. That Hawks, they also re-signed John Collins. That young big man point guard duo is formidable. And then you have Steph Curry signing a four-year extension with the Warriors for over $200 million. This is a guy who, in my opinion, should have been league MVP last year. The Warriors are going to be better next year. They're getting Klay Thompson back. They still have Draymond. The question is, how much better? They have Andrew Wiggins. They lost Kelly Oubre, who signed with the Hornets. I liked Kelly Oubre, but he wasn't a perfect fit. Now they have Klay Thompson, who we know is a perfect fit. They're going to be a postseason team, but are they going to be title contenders? Probably not. James Wiseman isn't there yet. I don't see that team competing all that much. Would I be shocked if the Golden State Warriors made the second round of the postseason? No, I wouldn't. And the number one reason why is because the Splash Brothers are back. This has been an interesting NBA offseason so far, but my final thoughts are this. No team has come out of nowhere and now become title contenders because no superstar players have been on the move. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, these are good players, but they're not impact players that change the landscape.
landscape of the league. Like, I think the Miami Heat can now make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they're winning a championship just because they added Kyle Lowry. They still have Jimmy Butler. That's a nice roster. They re-signed Duncan Robinson. He's a nice player. They're not title contenders. They're Eastern Conference Finals at best type of team. The Lakers, I think they already were title contenders no matter what they did. They bring in Russell Westbrook. Dennis Schroeder, I mean, he's still out there. Maybe he can impact a team if he goes somewhere that's looking to win a championship. He's a nice player. I mean, he was way better in OKC than he was with the Lakers. You still have Kawhi Leonard out there. I don't know what kind of deal he's going to sign with the Clippers. Maybe they're going to make some moves after Kawhi signs, but no team that wasn't a contender in my eyes is now a contending team. Like a lot of the time in the offseason, we're expecting these superstars to be on the move, and right now they're not, and the biggest fish out there seems to be Bradley Beal, but he seems content to remain a member of the Washington Wizards, so that impact player has not been moved. I don't think Russell Westbrook at this point in his career is that impact player. Do I believe the Lakers could win a championship with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis? Absolutely. But when that trade was made, I didn't go, wow, the Lakers are now prohibitive favorites. If somebody, if the Lakers had gotten Bradley Beal, I would have said they are now prohibitive favorites. If the Miami Heat had gotten Bradley Beal, I would have said they are a title contending team. That superstar who can change the landscape of the league has not been moved yet. There have been stars who have been on the move, but the superstar player has not changed teams so far this offseason, and all of that could change in a moment if Dame Lillard were to request a trade out of the Portland Trailblazers. I'm still fascinated to see if Dame Lillard goes on the move. Those are the two players that could drastically change the landscape of the league. Dame Lillard and Bradley Beal. Those are the moves I end up hope happening because I want to see both of those players on way better teams. If Dame Lillard were on the Lakers with LeBron and AD, they would be instant title contenders. I think he's better than Westbrook at this point. If Dame Lillard had gone to the Knicks, I would say that's the type of move the Knicks needed to make. Not to bring in Kemba Walker. Dame Lillard could turn a team over the top and help them win a championship. He's still playing at that kind of elite level and I feel the exact same way over Bradley Beal. Those are the two superstars who should be on the move who have not yet moved. So the biggest move this offseason might not have happened yet because I would instantly feel those two guys moving are the biggest moves in the NBA offseason because they are superstars and no superstars have been on the move yet. I mean, I'm just going to say this because I'm a Celtics fan. The Celtics should do everything and anything to get Bradley Beal on the Boston Celtics because a big free of Tatum, Brown, and Beal would be, in my eyes, at the very least able to get them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And for me, a team that should be in on Dame Lillard is the LA Clippers. Think about this. A big free of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Dame Lillard would be better than a big free of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. The Clippers would instantly be the favorites to win the championship. Kawhi Leonard should be doing something to restructure his deal so they can fit Dame Lillard in the books. The Clippers were able to go to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi Leonard healthy. If they were able to add Dame Lillard, they would be the title favorites. Think about that. Those are the types of moves the Clippers need to make because I don't think they're going to win a championship with just Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because at times those players are not available and they haven't played enough time together. But a big free of Lillard, George, 
George and Kawhi, that would win an NBA championship. So those are the moves that I think could drastically change the NBA and who the favorites are. The Celtics adding Bradley Beal or the Clippers adding Dame Lillard. The interesting thing about all of it is the power is in the hands of Lillard and Bradley Beal and both of those players for the moment seem satisfied remaining on those rosters even though those rosters are not title contenders. Here in my opinion are the five biggest moves made so far this offseason. Number one, Russell Westbrook to the LA Lakers. The Lakers added a superstar player so during the regular season when LeBron and Anthony Davis cannot go, they can still win games with Russell Westbrook. I think this is a big pickup. He's still a triple-double machine. He is still an adequate passer. He should not shoot the three-pointer because he cannot do so at this point in his NBA career, and they're still going to need LeBron and AD healthy for the postseason, but for now, I like this addition of Russell Westbrook. He still has at least two or three elite seasons left, and the Lakers should be looked at as title contenders. Number two, Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan to the Chicago Bulls. Look at that starting lineup. You have Lonzo at the point guard. You have Nikola Vucevic at center. You have Zach Levine at the two guard. And you have DeMar DeRozan at the small forward spot. That is a nice roster for the Bulls. And they also have one of the best coaches in the NBA in Billy Donovan. Like I said before, the Chicago Bulls at the very least should be a top four seed in the Western Conference. If all of these pieces fit together. Number three, Kyle Lowry to the Miami Heat. I think this is a major upgrade over Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic was the type of guy who would have five bad games in a row, and then in that fifth game, he would have an amazing game. He was kind of over the edge with his age-wise. Kyle Lowry has become an elite NBA performer, and I think he's one of the most clutch players in the NBA. He was a big cog in the Toronto Raptors winning that championship, and to go along with Jimmy Butler, and to go along with Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, this Miami Heat roster is loaded. I would not be shocked to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Eric Spolster is a top three coach in this league, and with that roster, that team is going to shine. Jimmy Butler is going to have a bounce-back season. I don't think he was great last year. He was great at times. Bam Adebayo is the guy who really struggled in the postseason. I hope he gets his act together. Look out for the Miami Heat. Number four, the Washington Wizards bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and Aaron Holiday. That team got a lot deeper, and there is some upside there. Montrez Harrell, if he has a bounce-back season, is a six-man-of-the-year candidate. You have Kyle Kuzma, who has some upside. He is one of the more athletic players in the league if he could ever get his act together that's a nice piece to have Aaron Holiday was a really good backup point guard for the Pacers I don't think the Wizards are for real but I do like their moves and at the very least they are a postseason team the only reason why Spencer Dinwiddie is not on the Nets right now is because they have Kyrie Irving and in some people's mind Spencer Dinwiddie is almost just as good at this point in their careers and number five is Kelly Oubre signing with the Charlotte Hornets. I really like this move. This team already has LaMelo Ball. They already have Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and Miles Bridges. And Oubre Jr., when he was with the Wizards, was playing at an elite level. If he can get back to that, he kind of struggled with the Golden State Warriors, but I think he will be a better fit with the Charlotte Hornets. And those are my five biggest moves made so far during the NBA offseason. It's been an exciting offseason. Many teams have gotten better, but I don't think 
any of these moves have made people title contenders. I'm wondering if there are bigger moves to come. I hope so, because the NBA offseason, as always, is super exciting and unexpected things end up happening. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>